Welcome to the 710 Postscript Podcast. 710 is a family of young adults committed to following Jesus, serving one another, and kingdom living for the good of our city. My name is Lish. And my name is Jade. We are your co-hosts. Join us for this first season as we laugh and talk about practical ways to live out what we are learning. Oh, and P.S., don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi there, 710. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Postscript. We are so thankful for you and your time. Um, This is me, Jade, in case you didn't realize that. And today we have our special guest co-host, Kendrick Williams. Say hi, Kendrick. What's good? (laughs) Again. (laughs) Redo. No, that was good. That was good. Um, and we will be interviewing the wonderful, the fabulous, the wise, the woman of the worst, Elisha Carter. Oh. Say hey, Miss Carter. <laughs> Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> we are so excited to have you on the show today as an interviewee. How are you doing, friend? I'm good. I actually feel I feel good today. I feel rested, I guess. I love that. Which is great. Okay, good. Well, before we get started with the nitty gritty, we have a few would you rathers, right? Yeah, we do have some would you rathers. The first would you rather, would you rather spend a year entirely alone or a year without a home? When you say without a home, what does that mean? Like I don't have like a permanent spot? Like homeless? I'm going to guess homeless, yeah. How would you, what, however you would interpret that, just elaborate. Okay. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. the way I initially thought of it was that I didn't have like a permanent place, like just jumping around like from places to places. Mm-hmm. So if that's the way it is, I would say I would rather like not have a permanent home. Because as much as I'm an introvert and like I need my alone time and I like my alone time, mm-hmm. COVID, like that whole quarantine time really showed me like, man, I, I have to be around my people. Like <laughs> there is a level to which it's like, okay, I spent enough time with you. I need to like yeah. go and compose myself. But I, it, that really showed me, I was like, oh, I'm not that kind of introvert. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, good. Kendrick, what would you do? I ain't gonna lie to you. If I had like a PlayStation and maybe like a basketball court in the backyard, I think I could spend a whole year alone. I'm be real with you. And a lot of food. <sighs> Face. Do I have like a, do I have like, <laughs> like a do I have like a wife in my home? And alone. Alone. I don't like alone. I'd rather be homeless. Okay. <laughs> I was like, this is a whole workaround for him to say a year without a home. Sick. All right. <laughs> Would you rather have to wear stilettos to sleep or have to wear slippers everywhere you go? Definitely stilettos to sleep. I would I would not be caught dead wearing slippers in a professional admin like there's oh, no way 100 i would some loafers i'm rocking them <laughs> i am rocking some loafers to work <laughs> really you know what's funny i was actually thinking like i really do wonder what lish would say because i'm like Ee. stilettos are tall aren't they yeah yeah they're like tall heels. pointy like Heel? yeah 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 heels sleep yeah we listen she's going to be a fancy because then because then the rest of the time i could wear sneakers or i could wear if I wanted to wear slippers, I could, but like to have to only wear slippers, it, no, there's no way. She's so gonna have strong calves. <laughs> strong calves. 
big old rocks on her legs. <laughs> oh my All goodness. right, last question. Would you rather have 10,000 spoons when all you need is a knife or always have a knife but never be able to use spoons? I would say the 10,000 spoons because I feel like if you... What? Because I don't want to cut my mouth trying to like eat yogurt with a knife. But you could use the back of the knife to also like eat it. What? Like like the handle part. I guess not the back, like the oh. handle. I was like thinking about this. I was I, another one that I was like, I really do wonder what Lish would say. What if you had a steak? Would you try to like use I would just use my hands at that point. Just get in there. Oh, oh, she's primal. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> well then go ahead. Oh, my gosh. oh, sweet. Okay, those are super fun. I thought that was interesting. I was really interested to see what you would say. Um, okay, Lish. Well, that was fun. Um, all right. So let's just get started. Uh, so Lish, tell us about yourself, where you grew up, your childhood, how you got to redemption and any general Lishy tings we should know. Okay. Well, I grew up in Mesa, Arizona, so I'm a native, um, which it's funny because Arizona is not the place I would have like picked to live, but I do have like low-key pride that I'm a native of Arizona because I feel like so many people that live here are transplants and I'm like, I'm from here. <laughs> so I really do like that. Um, anyway, I have uh, five brothers and sisters, so I'm the oldest. Um, they are all like my best friends. Um, we all relate to each other very differently, but I... I just love, I love my siblings. I love my family. I'm super close to them. Uh, my parents are both Christians and I grew up in the church. Um, I don't ever remember a time like not going to church, not learning about God in church or at home, not ever like believing that God at least existed. I wouldn't say that I was a Christian, like I was saved, but I definitely believed that God was real. Like that was just a part of my growing up. Um, I was also homeschooled, which is something a lot of people don't know about me. Um, I loved being homeschooled. I loved it. I think it worked really well for my personality, for my learning style. I'm a very independent learner. I would say probably most of like my high school, I kind of like taught myself. Like my mom was hmm. homeschooling my other siblings. So I kind of like taught myself, which was really great. I could kind of learn at my own pace. Um, I did go to a really small Christian school from like 7th to 12th grade. And so I did like a hybrid program. Like I went to school and took some classes, more like the sciences, math, that kind of stuff. And then at home I did like all the other stuff, worldview, history, all the other things. So, um, yeah, so that was really fun. I loved I loved being homeschooled. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of just like did a lot of the normal kid things. I played sports in high school. I loved soccer. I played volleyball. Um, I would say tennis. No, no tennis. My mom actually really wanted me to run track because she loves track and field. And when I was younger, I was always the tallest. And then I hit an, a certain age and then everybody else like shot up <laughs> past me. And I like never, I never grew another inch. Oh, wow. So my mom really wanted me to run track. Um, but that never happened. <laughs> <laughs> I played soccer instead, which was kind of fun. Um, I still got to like run and do all of those things. But um yeah, so I, I would say I had a pretty, like, relatively easy childhood. Um, it's funny because, like, people always use that phrase and they say, like, every family's dysfunctional. And my family's no exception to that. Like, I think I have a really great family and I had a really good childhood. Um, but my family definitely has, like, their their issues and their things. And it's I recently heard someone say this, so I'm going to kind of steal it. Like, I feel like growing up, like, I'm really close to my mom. My mom and I are very similar. We have very similar personalities. We're both kind of, like, shy and introverted. So I'm really close to my mom. Um, not as much like 
to my dad and it's gotten maybe a little bit better as as we've gotten older as I've gotten older and once I kind of like moved out and had like my own space um but I remember growing up like just kind of like walking on eggshells like in my house it just was very like uncomfortable in my own house around my dad like I don't know I just had a very hard like relationship with my father and it's funny because I would say like we're very similar in a lot of ways I would not want us to be similar like the things that I like some of the personality traits that I got from my dad are the things that I wish I hadn't gotten Mm -hmm. um but yeah so I just had a hard time that made me a very like quiet like my personality is already kind of like quiet and introverted but I think that especially just made me very quiet because it was like you just never wanted to like wake the sleeping bear so it was it was just mm-hmm. like you you just kind of walked on eggshells and like didn't ever know like what you were going to say that could potentially get you in trouble and I hate being in trouble more than and I hate it it's a that is a typical <laughs> oldest child thing like I hate being in trouble I don't like people to be mad at me or disappointed in me or any of those things so um yeah so that that's I don't know it, it's something that I hope like grows and changes and there's a lot of work that God still needs to like do in me in that like relationship with my dad but um yeah I don't know that's kind of like just my growing up and so give us a quick summary on like your parents where they come from their background um so it's funny actually someone told me a little while ago that um I'm biracial and which no one has ever (laughs) made that like comment to me but Mm. my mom's actually from um Costa Rica Mm. and she was born there she lived there until she was like 20 122 is when she came to the states to Arizona specifically to go to school. Um, my dad is actually from New Jersey. He was born and raised there. I know lots of New Jersey so many Jersey people around here. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so he's from Camden. All like his family still lives there. Um, my mom still has some family in Costa Rica, but there's I also have like aunts and uncles and they're all back east. So New York, um, Maryland. Um, those places and um, they actually met through like a mutual friend so there was a lady that my mom went to school with and the same lady went to church with my dad and she like introduced them and um, my dad hates the cold he hates the snow and so when he came here to Arizona um, through like the Air Force he was like I'm I'm not going back and I was like oh of all the places you could have picked but anyway it's great so uh, yeah, so it's kind of fun. I actually have dual citizenship, um, which is really cool. So like when I go, which I don't go often, which is really sad, but when and if I ever do go back to Costa Rica, um, I can like do all the things as a citizen. So like they, they charge like different prices for citizens sure. versus tourists. Um, but I can go and like do all the citizen things. And I don't know, that's really cool. So that's awesome. That's fun. Yeah, that's such a great like What's a fun fact about you? Oh, I have dual citizenship. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Um, well, how did you get to redemption, Lish? And like any and like any other, like, what was the progress between like you going to school and like getting here and like any jobs that you've had or anything? Like, what's that whole transition like? Yeah. Um, so getting to redemption, like as in just like going here for church I'll start with that I guess um I grew up in a church I I went there until I was like 12 and then after we left that church we kind of like hopped around from churches to churches I never really had like a long-term church family um so we'd like go to church for a couple years or maybe even sometimes like several months and then we would leave and that was really hard for me as a child because again I'm an introvert I'm shy um 
I don't think it's hard for me to meet people, but it's really hard for me to like get to that point where I really consider like a person a friend and trust them and kind of like let down my guard. And um, so it was really hard just like constantly bouncing around. I I wasn't cynical about church, but I was very cynical about like meeting people and like getting to know people because I was like, what's the point? Like, we're just going to leave here again and I'm going to have to start all over in a new place with new people. And then when I was like maybe a freshman in high school or sorry, a freshman in college, um, we started going to this church um, called Santan Bible and God really did something in my heart and I, I was like all in. I, I wanted to serve. I was teaching a Sunday school class with my mom. Um, I would sometimes like do worship with like this big choir or chorale that they had. Um, I really loved the pastor and his wife. I felt like I was learning and growing. I, I was just like, I was like, this is the church I'm going to be in for the rest of my life. I was set. I was ready to put down roots, mm-hmm. all the things. And then um, we were at that church for maybe like two years. And then I remember my dad like sitting us down as a family, like having a family meeting and telling us that we were leaving that church because there was another like new church startup plant, whatever you want to call it, that um, he had gotten connected with some of the people starting this church and he wanted to like go and help them with that. And um, I was, I was devastated to say the least. I, I just, I was so sad. I was so angry with my dad because I really had thought that I had found the place that was going to like be my home and mm. people that like a, a place where I wanted to invest and people that were investing in me. And um, so I actually I actually stayed at that church for probably about six years. Um, most of that, to be honest, was for my two youngest siblings um, because I I felt like if I left that church, like I was abandoning them. Um, so I, I stayed for a very long time, longer than I probably wanted to. But in, in the middle of that, like six years or whatever, one of my sisters left, a different sister left and started going to redemption. And she invited me to 710 um, because we didn't have like a young adults at the church that I was going to. And so she's like, you should come to 710 and, you know, just come meet some people and whatever. And so I did. And I loved it. Um, Paul Artino, who's the lead pastor of our of church now, was leading 710. Um, him and this guy named Jed Mon was doing worship. And I I just it was exactly where I needed to be at that time. Um, God did a lot of work in me through like my time in redemption, and so um, slowly I just started to like get more involved and meet people and become friends with people. And I started to realize like I had one f- like both feet in two places, like or one foot in one place and one foot in the other. So I just was like I can't I have to commit to one community and just be all invested there um and so I also had like met a guy in 710 and we became friends and started to date and so that was also kind of like the tipping point I guess but um yeah so I came to redemption and um and it was great I loved it I I was probably going here for maybe six to nine months before I started serving um and how old were you at that point Oh gosh! When you first started going I, I was probably like twenty. F- well, when I started like actually coming to like calling this my church, I was probably like twenty five at that point, twenty four, twenty five, somewhere around there. Um, 
And then, yeah, like how I came on staff. So it was really crazy. I started serving in a children's classroom. The coordinator for my classroom, Tracy Prim, she came to me one Sunday. I'm in the middle of my like three-year-old class trying to like do all of our classroom things. And she comes over and she just has this like high energy personality. And so she comes over and she like pulls me out of my classroom. And I like thought I was in trouble or something. And then she's like, hey, would you ever consider working at the church? And I was like, Tracy, you just pulled me out of my classroom of like 23 <laughs> three-year-olds to ask like, to ask me if I wanted like a job at the church. But OK, that's fine. So and I actually wasn't working at the time. I didn't have a job at the time. And so I was kind of like, yeah, I, I guess so. Like, I didn't really think about it, but I just said yes. And she was like, OK, cool. Go back to your classroom. And that was like the end of the conversation. But then shortly after that, the kids ministry pastor at the time um, reached out to me and I had known him through like mutual friends. I'd actually been on vacation with him and his family and these mutual friends. So I kind of knew him and he kind of knew me and he was like, hey, we have this position opening because um, a lady is moving to another ministry. You know, would you be interested? And I was like, yeah, sure. And so um, I met up with him and the lady that I was going to be working under and it was easy as that. Like I just started working in children's ministry, but it, it was, it was so interesting, like just kind of God's providence and mm. like his working in that because I, I did not go to school for ministry. I didn't go to Bible school. I actually went to school and I got an associates in arts. Um, my like focus was interior design. I really love like artsy things, f- food and food staging, interior design, like those kinds of things. Mm. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do after I got my associate. So I had taken a break and then I started working and then it was just kind of the like snowball like, oh, I'm making money. So why do I need to go back to school kind of thing right now? And I like I wasn't 100 percent sure. So um, but yeah, I had no intentions of like working in ministry, even necessarily just like working for a church like that just was not something that was on my radar. Um, But God kind of opened the door for that. So it's been it's been good. It's been hard. Um, There's been a lot of growth and a lot of challenges, a lot of ups and downs, a lot of moments where I've like kind of sat and just thought like, Lord, why do you have me here? Like I, I am not godly enough to be doing this job. Um, so there's, there's been, a, there's been a lot of hard moments, but there's also been a lot of sweet moments. Um, God has really grown me, um, just in the last like four years of, of being on staff. And then even just the last five years of going to church here, it's, it's been really special. So I'm, I'm really thankful for that. Oh, yeah. Speaking of godly, (laughs) like thinking you're not godly enough to be on this, I don't know, staff, but it's so funny. I feel like I, when I first met you and even now to this day, being your friend, like in people who may not know you, there's this perception of just how you are. Like Kendrick, I don't know if you've had the same impression of Lish, but just how wise and gentle in spirit you are, which I do believe is true. But when you talk about that, like what are some things that you feel like like has been spiritual challenges that you've gone through or that you're currently going through that the Lord has worked in you or is shaping you where you think like, Oh, I, you know, I haven't reached this like holiness of like being on staff or not just staff, but just in general. Yeah. Like in my life. Um, I, so I would say there's probably two things like one that's an ongoing, an ongoing thing. And then also one that's kind of almost more the story of like when I realized that I like really loved Jesus and wanted to follow Jesus. Um, so I mentioned how like we were going to this church called Santan. I really loved it. I wanted to stay there. And then my dad was like, okay, now we're going over to this other church. And I was really sad. And so in that time, I was probably like around 20 at that time. Um, again, just like had a hard like 
just time with my dad, had a hard like just in my home, just feeling like I couldn't be myself. I couldn't speak what was on my mind, feeling like what I had to say was not important or valued or like wasn't even cared about like what I thought. Um, I also like really didn't have a lot of friends at that time. So like when I graduated high school, even though I went to this really small high school, um, along with being homeschooled and like kind of knew everybody in my high school, once we like all graduated, it was kind of like when like roaches are in a room and you turn on the light and they all just scatter. Like all my friends just went different places. Some of that was because people went to go to school in other states. Mm -hmm. I think some of it was because people kind of like walked away from what they knew was right. And so they really like distanced themselves. Um, But yeah, like I, I really didn't like have a lot of friends. I was going to community college, which was great. And I did meet people there, but it was like, I kind of just went for my classes And if I had a friend in my class, then that was great. But then as soon as my class was over, like I went home, like I wasn't really involved in school things, stuff like that. Um, So I would just say like I was really it was a really vulnerable time in my life. I was really lonely. I was really sad. I really wanted to be married. Um, I wanted to like have a boyfriend and be in love and just like all of those things. And um, so it was just a, a weird time in my life. But when we left and like went to this new church, um, there was actually a guy like in that church that was kind of like also helping to like get this church started. And I had like kind of gotten to know him like just through the process of like getting to know people in this church. And, you know, they're trying to like do a lot of hangouts and game nights and Christmas parties and just things to like get people to know each other before we just like jump in and we start this church, all of us, you know, start this new church. And shortly after like meeting him and getting to know him, he came to me, approached me, whatever, and basically told me like he had a crush on me, but like immediately tried to kind of make it like it's not a big deal. Like it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. Like crushes are innocent, that kind of whole thing. And there are a lot of reasons I'm not going to get into of like why that was really not a good thing. But I knew like I knew it from the moment those words came out of his mouth, like it was not right. Like I knew I should have told someone I knew I should have said something. Um, And it was very much like a a crossroads like moment in my life um, of like you can make this one decision, like the decision, you know, is right of like telling someone, sharing this with someone or whatever. But I but I didn't like I just I lingered too long and I always think about the story of Joseph in the Bible mm-hmm. when like Potiphar's wife like comes to him and she's trying to seduce him and he just like he runs like so fast he gets out of there so fast he like leaves his coat behind and I wish I could say like that's what I did like I had a Joseph moment but I didn't like I lingered and I stayed and I was like so, there was just that voice in my head that was like oh maybe you should just like see what this is you know what I'm saying like I don't know I just I didn't do what I knew I should have done And that that opened a whole can of worms. Um, It was it was actually it was a really awful time in my life. I cried so much. Um, It was just a very unhealthy. Just a very sinful relationship with this person that I shouldn't should not have been engaged with. Um, And so it's funny because when I was a senior in high school, I had to take an apologetics class um, to graduate with the school that I was going to, to get a diploma. And in the midst of like taking that class, it really kind of opened up for me the question of like, is this faith my own? Cause we're, you know, apologetics is like the study of why we believe what we believe. It's a lot of like, um, 
practical historical things that like support the Bible. And so in this class, like I really start wrestling with like, okay, do I really believe this? Like, is this faith my own or is it just what I grew up in? Is it just what my parents taught me? That kind of thing. And so I had kind of like been wrestling with this for the several, I mean, several years since I was a senior in high school. So like 18, now I'm 20 and um, kind of just engaged in all of this stuff with this guy. And it was, it was really hard for me because I was like, how, can I say that I'm a Christian and I love Jesus if I'm doing all of these things that I know I shouldn't? And I really felt like I was living a double life, like living this life in the dark that was wrong and bad and I knew I shouldn't be there. Um, but then like in the light, like in the day, trying to like portray myself a different way, um, trying to like uphold this reputation um, that I thought I had or needed to have or whatever. Um, and that coming to redemption like in the midst of that especially to 710 is one of the reasons like why 710 is so near and dear to my heart because God really used that ministry God really used Paul Artino um in my life in that time and I just remember like every time I'd come to 710 it always seemed like one Paul was talking directly to me like everybody else could have been gone from the room and I felt like Paul was talking just to me um but he also it and maybe he didn't talk about it every time, but it seemed like every time I was there, he was talking about like sin and your sin and like how it separates you from God. And Paul had this line he used to say all the time and it really stuck with me. Um, he would say, sin will take you to places that you said you would never go and it will make you do things that you said you would never do. Mm-hmm. And like, that was my life, like doing all of these things that I was like, why am I doing this stuff? And I, afterwards I would always feel so bad and I would like cry and I would like, Lord, I'm not going to do it anymore. And then like, I'd have this like little moment and then I would just like go back to where I was. Um, and like God did spare me from a lot of things in that time. Um, but the, yeah, there was just a lot of turmoil, just a lot of turmoil in my heart. Just like even in 710 at the time, as I'm starting to like get to know people, really trying to keep people arm's length because I didn't want people to like find out or like know what I was doing. And I just felt so just like shameful and just like gross all the time. And um, so just kind of in the process of this and like working through all of this, it was it was probably like maybe a two, three year process. Um but there came a time like kind of towards the end, like where I wasn't seeing this guy as much. He actually wasn't even going to this church anymore. He through a, through other circumstances, like started going to another church. And um, so I wasn't like seeing him as much. I wasn't I wasn't interacting and engaging with him and that stuff as much. And I had just moved out. Um, I was living with my brother. We were roommates. And I just remember this one night um I don't even remember why, like, but I just remember like being in my room, it's late, like I'm trying to go to bed and I just was like crying, just bawling my eyes out. So, so, so sad. And I, it was, it's so crazy. Like it's, it's still like to this day, it's like, I can remember it like it was yesterday. I, I I felt like I saw Jesus standing in my room with like both of his hands out Hmm. and it was like in one hand, he was like, you can keep choosing this thing, which is death. Like you can keep running after this and pursuing this, which is death. And it will like take you away from me or you can choose me and like and have life. And it was weird because I remember I used to always ask the question. I used to always think to myself, like, Lord, is there a point where I can like outrun your love? Like, will I get to a place where I do enough things where you're like, OK, that's it. That was the last straw. Like I'm done. 
I, I've given up on you. And so like have that moment of like feeling like Jesus was there giving me these two options of like, okay, you can have this and you can keep going down this path or you can like have me and have life. And it was like, I just remember like sitting up in my bed, just like tears streaming down my face. And I remember like saying out loud in the dark, I was like, Jesus, like I want you, like I want life. Mm. I just like, whatever this is, I'm done. Like I, it needs to be done. Like I want to have you. I want to follow you. I want to be yours. Um, and that was kind of like it. Like that was that moment of like, okay, like I'm, I'm putting this away. I'm putting this like sin to death and I'm going to like follow you and choose you. And it wasn't necessarily like super like clear cut and easy afterwards. Like it was still hard. And I did struggle for a long time with a lot of shame and a lot of guilt, but I also felt a lot of freedom. I felt like a weight had been lifted. Um, and that really did help for me to like begin to really like trust people open up to people because I didn't always have this feeling of like oh I'm hiding this like really awful thing about me like in the dark um and so that really did kind of like open me up to like get to know people and and make friends and then and then again like take that step to like calling redemption home and really trusting people that kind of stuff so that was like a huge moment of like when I knew for sure that I was saved and like that I was the Lord's, Mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's, it's just always a moment I hold on to of like, I don't know. Jesus is just so kind and he's so faithful. Mm. Um, but then I would say too, like even something ongoing that I'm still like learning through, um, and just like, spiritually God is just working on me and and sanctifying me I think is the like struggle of wanting to be married and like wanting to be in relationship Mm -hmm. and I just really always wanted that from a very young age um I always wanted to be a mom um that was just kind of like what I thought was gonna like be the plan for my life and I had it all like mapped out in my head and it had, you know, clearly it hasn't happened yet. Um, and God's also been really gracious and really faithful and really kind in that as well. Um, and there's been definitely moments and seasons of my life where I've been, I would say truly content with being single. Um, God has really, I think given me a unique opportunity to bless and serve other people because I'm not married and I don't have a family. And so I just have a lot more time, um, to be able to like, bless other people. And that's, that's been really cool. Um, but there's also been moments in my, in my life where I've been very just like disappointed and frustrated and discouraged and have felt like God's maybe forgotten me, um, in that struggle. So that's been, I don't know, that's just kind of been an ongoing thing of like learning to really trust God, um, in that and constantly like that surrendering, um, even just going to this past retreat and hearing Paul talk about Abraham and, um, just how Abraham was faithful and trusted God. And even that specific moment of being faithful to like begin to go through with sacrificing his son, Isaac. Um, and you know, Paul asking that question of like, you know, can you give God the thing like you want the most? And I just, I feel like that's been a constant thing in my life of like, okay, Lord, can I give you the thing I want the most? And do I trust that you will, restore it back to me or give me something better um in place for that so I don't know Mm. I think that would kind of be yeah that was so good I know I'm I will say I'm really I know it's something that we've talked about and that you know is one of the things that you struggle with but 
I'm super thankful to have you here and be single because who would I kiki with? (laughs) 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 Who would I go on car rides with? (laughs) But I'm like, I I know God is like doing some work in you and how he's just grown you. So I'm really excited for the change to happen, but thankful to have you now. I would also say just before we even go on the next subject, I feel like one of the things I see a lot in my life too is I, I think like God doesn't have time for me or he's frustrated with me and like, okay, I'm going to go to someone else because you keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. And what I really appreciate is that's like not his reaction when we have those reactions towards like the people, our brothers and sisters, the people in our life, you know, they continue to disappoint us and we're just like, I'm over it. Like I'm done trying. I'm trying, I'm done trying to give you chances. Like God's always like, nope, I'm waiting. I'm here. Yeah. You know, and I, that's just really cool to see because I don't know where I'd be if he was frustrated or didn't have patience for me. So yeah. I really enjoyed that. I listened to that. It was refreshing for me. Yeah. No, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Well, not to like switch it up real quick, but we can all switch it up real quick. <laughs> so one thing that I know about you and that I absolutely love is you are such a good cook. Oh. Um, And which is super great, but... What does food mean to you? And do you believe there's ministry and like food and like, mm. yes, like that? absolutely. Um, you know, I would say actually one of my like biggest dreams kind of like going along with the whole, like I wanted to be married and like have a family and a home and all of those things. I always had this, like this goal or this picture that I wanted to like, I wanted to be the house in the neighborhood where like you could just come over all the like I would just always be like baking a pie or making cookies or like having dinners and like just having people over and um like that that was like my vision like I just there's something so beautiful about like the table and coming together at the table and sharing a meal together that I really feel like breaks down barriers um and just I don't know really puts people at ease very quickly um so I, I do. I, I love food. I love cooking for people. Mm-hmm. It makes me so happy. Um, I really like this year want to get back into like hosting Friendsgivings and like just, I don't know, just doing things like around the holidays and um, yeah, just like just having a place like where people can come and feel safe and like have a good meal and just enjoy time like around mm-hmm. the table. Um so yeah, I do. I it's, it's always has fascinated me like how many places in uh just the Bible in general, but even to like the New Testament and the Gospels where like it talks about Jesus and food. Mm-hmm. So whether it's like dinner parties or weddings or if it's parables or real life stories or just like all kinds of different things. Like I love um like the story of Zacchaeus where Jesus like tells Zacchaeus like I'm coming to your house. Get out of that tree. Like we're going to mm-hmm. like go have like a meal. It's just like the way like food is connected um, to like Jesus and his story and his time on earth, I just think is really, really cool. Um, And when you look at, I don't know, just other places in the scripture where it talks about like feasting and Mm -hmm. like feasting with the Lord and like the family of God, Mm -hmm. I just think is really awesome. So I really do hope that we eat a lot of food in heaven because I know I really hope that. Well, I'm excited to eat dairy again and not have it like (laughs) jack my tummy up. Like we waiting on the other side. Well, even in even even in seven ten on Tuesdays, like you're you cook for us every Tuesday, and not only just for the team, it's like people come from our seven ten community, and they're comfortable, and like food brings people together, and your food just awesome. So yeah, and it's, it's appreciated. You. Yeah. It really is. 
Yeah, I love that. Even like yesterday, like the way you just reach out to other people mm-hmm. too, knowing that they're going to show up is really amazing. So I see some of that in you already and I'm like excited to see that grow and move um, yeah. in, in how you're doing ministry. Um, and then one other question is, and, and you kind of answered this a little bit before, but if there's any elaboration or um, any other example that you can think of, but like, what is a time that God has shown you his sovereign power over your life? And then what is the time where he showed intimate care for a small detail in your life that maybe you thought was insignificant? Mm-hmm. That's a really, that's a really good question, Jane. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the sovereign care one, I, I'm sure there's so, there's so many stories I can think about. Um, there's even like the stories where like afterwards you're like, wow, like God really protected me or saved me from Mm-hmm. that thing or an accident or you know like you don't maybe next and realize it in the moment but afterwards you kind of look back and you're like oh my gosh like just all how all the things had to happen or not happen for an outcome um is is really really cool um but the question about like the the intimate care I actually I have a really cool story that's very close to my heart and it's funny because like sometimes when I tell the story it seems so cheesy and there's no pun intended in that with this story, but it's, it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, Oh God, you really do care about like the small Mm. things in my life. And it's just like such a sweet story. So really quickly, I, um, at times we just talked about food. So like people have asked me to like cater different things, baby showers or weddings, different things for them, which is always really great. And I love it. It's a lot of work, but it's really fun. And so I had a friend of a friend, um, who had reached out and she was like, Hey, could you cater, um, like my baby shower? So I sit down with her and we have this whole conversation about what she wants and what she wants me to make for her. And we're going to do all these very like bite sized things and just like kind of like baby sized things. Cause everybody loves small things and it's great. And it's a baby shower. And so I was making these like little skewers, um, with mozzarella balls. And I, I'm a very, like, once I have something in my mind, like it has to be that way. Like, if it gets kind of like derailed, it, it just like throws me off. And so, which is not always great. Sometimes that's just like my control, wanting to be in control of everything. But anyway, so I had bought um, like this very particular size of mozzarella balls that I wanted for these skewers. And I didn't buy enough, which I didn't realize at the time. So I start putting them all together and I realized like, oh, I ran out. And so I was like, oh, okay, no problem. I'll just, the next day I'll go back to the store and I will get more. And... I go to like the sprouts that I initially went to the first time and they're like, oh, we're, we don't have any, like we're out of stock. We have to like wait for like the truck to deliver them. And I'm like, who's buying these, this like type of mozzarella? <laughs> like it's so specific. And I was just like, okay. So I go to another store, another sprouts and they don't have them either. And I'm like, okay. And this is like the night before, like the evening before I'm supposed to like go and drop off all this food to this lady who lives way out in Glendale. So now I'm just like going to all these sprouts, all these different stores, trying to find this like one particular size because I want it to be uniform and I want it to all be the same. And I'm starting to get anxious and I'm starting to get like, like I want to cry because it's not working out. And I'm literally just like running around to all these grocery stores all over the valley trying to find this one particular size. And so finally I go to like the last one that's like close enough where it's like I'm not driving way out to Glendale or whatever to find this thing. And I remember getting to the store and I'm so frustrated and I just like, I'm so frustrated I could cry. Like I'm just so annoyed. And in that moment, it was like God just stopped me. And I remember just sitting in my car and I was like, Lord, 
I, I'm just going to confess this to you. Like, I really want this particular size of mozzarella balls and I'm not finding it. And this is the last store I can think of to go. And I was like, can you please just provide this thing? But then I remember also stopping and praying and I was like, but if not, Lord, like help me to just trust you. It will be okay. Like it's not the end of the world. And I will just, I was like, if there is not the size that I need, I will just get the next size and I, it will be okay. I'm not going to throw a fit. Like it'll be fine. So I sit in my car and I pray this prayer and I go in the store and I go to the section where they have this like particular stuff and I'm looking and I thought I had looked very well, like through this whole container, this whole display And I'm like, okay, like the thing I wanted was not there. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I prayed about this. I'm not going to throw a fit. I'm not going to cry. I'm just going to get the next size. It will be fine. It's not going to be a big deal. And I literally reach for this because like they come in this little like like a little tub like in liquid. Mm -hmm. And so I reach for this one thinking, okay, I'm just going to get this one. And I pick it up and underneath it is the exact like one container of the exact size of these mozzarella balls that I wanted. And I and I had like looked through this whole thing. Like I looked through all of them. I had picked them all up thinking like, okay, this is not here. I'm just going to like do what I said and I'm going to like not throw fit. And I pick up this container and there's the one that I wanted. And I was like, Lord, you do care about me. Mm. And you Aww. heard me. And it was just, it was so, yeah. it was so sweet. And I was like, gosh, you really do like care about the small things in my life that like, really in the big scheme of things like don't matter it's just cheese and it will be fine and they will eat it and it's gonna Mm -hmm. be fine but I was like wow god like you you really do care and I just like I always go back to that story and just like like the smallest things like matter to you and it it was really sweet so yeah that's really good Mm-hmm. Well, it was such a joy to have you on the show, Lish. Yeah, thank Aww. you. This was fun. Yeah. Oh, and you guys find her and like talk to her and like ask her all the questions because she, I just love her. She's just great to be around. So mm-hmm. find her, find us if you have any uh, questions for us or if you'd like to tell any stories or have any ideas for the podcast, please let us know. Um, we love you. We're so thankful for you. And uh, we're going to peace on out. Peace. Bye.